0: this morning for some of you, I want to teach on a certain subject that I have not taught this way before but many of the things which I'm going to share with you tonight are actually repetition of what we have been teaching in the last few weeks. The title of my message tonight is The knowledge of God is the foundation of our faith. Revelation knowledge of of God and his word is the foundation of our faith. Let me begin by saying this. To know God intimately is to know his word. Because God and his word are one and the same. In John's gospel, chapter one, verse one. The chapter begins with the following words. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. You see, many profess to know God but they are unfamiliar with his word. The knowledge of God or the knowledge they have acquired of God is either based on religious traditions or based on their experiences, good or bad, or yet it is based on what others said about God. This is the reason why many of us struggle to believe God because our foundation is shaky and unstable. Genuine Bible faith is always based on the revelation of the word of God. And I say this, the measure of spiritual knowledge we possess Determines the measure of faith we exercise. And the measure of faith we exercise. Determines the measure of grace. We receive and appropriate from God. I say that because faith. Operates on the platform of revelation knowledge. Where there is knowledge faith is always present. You don't have to struggle to believe God when you know that you know that you know. So when knowledge enters our heart and our mind, faith is always present. In reality, we don't really have a faith problem, but we do have a knowledge problem. Lack of revelation knowledge is the cause of Of all the failure in the church. And God said through the prophet Hosea. Many years ago. That his people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. You can find that in Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6. God said my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And then he says this. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you from being a priest for me. If we reject the knowledge of God, we reject God himself. So ignorance or darkness is the primary weapon of the devil. He is called the prince of darkness. Darkness in the Bible is referred to ignorance and ignorance is the field or the platform upon which the devil does his work. Now, if we destroy his platform, we can also destroy his works, not just in our lives, but in the lives of our loved ones and in the lives of those we have influence over and minister to. In order to stop the work of the devil, we must receive light. In order to stop the work of the devil in someone else's life, we need to communicate the word of God, which is light to that person. The Bible defines light as knowledge. And so... Knowledge will come through the word of God. Listen to what Psalm 119 and verse 30 says. Underline that in your Bible because it's a very important verse. Psalm 119 and verse 30. The psalmist said, The entrance of thy words. Now he's talking to God, he's praying. And he says, The entrance of thy words giveth light, it giveth understanding unto the simple. When we receive the word of God, when we study his word, when we meditate on his word, it brings light and revelation knowledge to our minds. And when light comes, faith is present. There is a common phenomenon in the church today. And I dare say that most believers do not study the word for themselves. They would rather live of secondhand knowledge. Now, what do I mean by secondhand knowledge? Secondhand knowledge is knowledge we receive from someone else about God. Rather, than going to God direct and receiving from Him through intimacy and friendship with the Lord. It's one thing to receive knowledge about God from someone else, but it's another thing to receive direct revelation knowledge from God by His Spirit speaking to you direct as you fellowship with him and as you fellowship with his word. Now, there is a beautiful example of what I'm sharing with you in the scriptures, where folks were not satisfied with secondhand knowledge, but they pressed into Jesus and they have experienced firsthand knowledge as a result of having a personal encounter with the Lord himself. And this biblical example is recorded. In the gospel according to St. John in chapter 4. Where Jesus has an encounter with the woman at the well. I am sure that most of you are familiar with the story. The woman from Samaria. Whom Jesus encountered at the well. And when she had encountered Jesus, she ran into the city and she testified to her villages that Jesus is the Messiah. I'm sure you know the story. Now notice what John says in chapter four, verse thirty nine. This is important. John's Gospel four thirty nine. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, He told me all that ever I did. You see, she evangelized her city. And the Bible says many of the Samaritans in that city believed on Jesus because of the woman's testimony. Or of the woman's sayings. But the Samaritans. Listen carefully. The Samaritans though. Did not stay with second hand knowledge. About Jesus. But they pressed in. And persuaded the Lord. And asked him to stay with them. And the Bible says. He stayed for another two days. In that city. And that's recorded. In John's Gospel 4, verse 40, the word says when the Samaritans were come unto him, that is Jesus, they besought him that he would tarry with them and he abode there two days. They pleaded with him not to depart, but to stay with them for an extended period of time. And Jesus stayed for an extra two days. Now listen carefully. In John 4.42, the word of God says, The Samaritans say to the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy sayings, for we have heard him ourselves and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Now listen carefully to what the Samaritans said to the woman. Woman, now we believe not because of what you told us. For we have heard him ourselves and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. That tells me that the Samaritans had a personal encounter with Jesus which led them to receive first-hand knowledge of the person of Christ and the work of Christ. For they said, we have heard him ourselves and we know. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. They saw him, they heard him, they touched him, they fellowshiped with him and they heard from God. Jesus himself. Now these are tremendous statements. That fell from the lips of these people. Their faith was no longer based on someone else's words or knowledge. But on their own personal experience. And encounter with the Lord himself. I will say this. To all of us. There is a kind of knowledge that comes into our spirits directly from God when we fellowship with him in prayer and in his word that cannot be replaced or substituted with anyone else's words. And this is what is missing by and large from the church today. Christians live from Sunday to Sunday. They don't take time to fellowship with the Lord, to fellowship with his word, to seek his face, to pray. They rely on someone else's words for encouragement, on someone else's words for their uh, answers to prayer, rather than get their own revelation knowledge. And I would say this to you. No matter how anointed your pastor is, or the person you listen to in order to educate you about God, they can never, ever, ever replace what you can receive directly from God as you seek his face and pursue his presence. No one can replace that. There is no substitute for that. It does not matter how anointed is the person you listen to. Fellowship with God. Time spent in his word is the mother and the nurturer of our faith. We must go a step further from what is taught and what is preached to us. We must press into the Lord. And make what is taught and preached from the word. Make it our own revelation. And receive our own light. And not just live and work through someone else's light and revelation knowledge. That is when our faith will work for us. And take us into places both in the spirit and in the natural. Where we have never been before. Now Jesus said something very profound to the Jews concerning the willingness to live off somebody else's light. To rejoice in someone else's light. And that's recorded in John's Gospel 5 and verse 35. I want you to see that from your own Bibles. John 5.35 Jesus speaking to the Jews and he was speaking of John the Baptist. He said the following. He was a burning and a shining light. And he were willing for a season. To rejoice in his light. Did you get that? John was a burning and a shining light. And the Jews of his time. They were willing to rejoice for a season in his light. And I say this, that many of us today are comfortable to stay in that condition. And to rejoice and to live off someone else's light. Because oftentimes we don't have time Or our lives are so busy and cluttered with other things. Or we're just plain lazy to seek God and to seek his face so that we may receive our own light and our own truth rather than live off somebody else's truth. I have seen this in my own life and Stephen forgive me because I'm going to use you as an example because you have become a bright A testimony to me and to those who know you in the last couple of years. Now, I've seen this and I've experienced this, particularly with my son Stephen, and he's listening today. And I say that to his credit. Stephen lived most of his life in the light and in the faith of his father. He never missed church. As far as I know, I do not remember a Sunday where Stephen... Or any of my kids miss church. In fact he grew up in the church. He never missed a tithe. Ever. Even as a youngster. When he received pocket money. He would always come to me with a tithe. He never rebelled or misbehaved. As a teenager. Which is a normal thing for teenagers to do. He grew up. Never rebelled, never disrespected his parents. A diligent and a hard worker when he went to work for other people. Good husband and a good father. But just over two years, exactly in October this year, it will be three years. One Sunday morning, the spirit of God moved on him in such a powerful way, which led to his release Into what we call the full time ministry today. It was the call of God. It was the Spirit of God that came upon him, set him free, loosed him from earthly uh, and, and secular responsibilities, and called him to serve God in the ministry. Now, listen, I have watched him bud and blossom both mentally, socially, and spiritually. As he began to draw near to God and to obtain his own light and his own revelation and his own knowledge and walk by the knowledge he receives directly from the Lord himself. In fact, just uh, two weeks ago, he preached in our church two consecutive Sundays. And uh, if you want to listen to his teaching is up on the SoundCloud. You will be blessed. And I see that Stephen has truly come into his own. And folks around him are beginning to recognize that and are blessed by the fragrance he brings to the fellowship. You see, when you see God for yourself, when you search his word, (laughs) Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Michael. Now, I believe, this is my personal conviction. If leaders of the church, pastors and leaders, if we can inspire the people, the church, to draw near to God and press into his presence and seek his face with their whole heart, I believe we will have a church that is filled with power and filled with glory. What's going to happen Is that folks would come into their own. They will discover their gifting in the Lord. They will discover the God given purpose. And they will walk in the light of his presence. And that's exactly what's going to happen when you begin to seek God fervently with your whole heart. God will speak to you his word direct into your spirit, into your mind, and it will transform your life and your way of thinking. And that's something that cannot be substituted with secondhand knowledge. I dare say that many believers do not know who they are in God and what God has called them to do. They do not know themselves after the spirit. Now they can they can tell you who they are in the flesh. They know that. They can tell you of the weaknesses. They can tell you of the failures. They can tell you of their sin. But they do not know. The power or the authority. They possess in Christ Jesus. Lack of personal revelation. And when that. When we don't have that that encounter with the Lord, that revelation that comes directly from His Word, through the Spirit, our minds are not renewed. They're not educated according to the Word. Despite the many sermons we hear and the many sermons we are being taught from Sunday to Sunday. And the reason being is because they do not share intimacy with God And they have no personal experience or revelation of the love of God. And that is the honest truth, folks. And I say that not not in a condemnatory way, because this is the truth. I want to help you. I want to encourage you that no matter how anointed your pastors, your teachers, your preachers are, they cannot replace that personal communion and fellowship. That you could have with the Lord. Directly in his presence. And I say that the only difference. Between us modern Christians today. And the early disciples of Christ. Is that the early disciples. Had such a revelation of the love of God. Towards them. They placed such high value. On the relationship with God. To the point of considering. Everything else as insignificant and of no real importance. Their only cry was to know God and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. They even called their sufferings, which were real sufferings, momentary light affliction. And they ran towards their death, singing praises to God. Why? Because they had such an encounter with God. They valued God and the relationship with Him as a number one priority in their lives. And everything else, in the light and in the glory of that relationship, everything else was unimportant and insignificant. And I say this, that when we place real value in our relationship with God, what he has done for us in his great plan of salvation and we pursue him with our whole heart we will be able to walk through life with our heads held high our mouths filled with praise regardless of the circumstances or the trials we face we will shine so brightly that others would be willing to rejoice in our light And in our own personal experience with God. We will no longer be quoting what others are saying about God. But we will have a testimony of our own. That is birthed out of our personal encounter with Jesus. We are no longer going to say my pastor said this. Or so and so said this. You are going to develop your own revelation. Your own light. Your own experience. And you are going to say I have heard from God myself, and I know. Just like the Samaritan said, Woman, thank you for your testimony. It gave us a beginning. And because of your testimony, we believed, but we were not satisfied to stay in that situation. We wanted to hear direct from him. We wanted to see him. We wanted to have an encounter with the Lord himself. And now we believe Not because what you told us, but because we heard him ourselves. Here is a difference between second-hand knowledge and first-hand knowledge. And I believe when the scripture says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, I believe is what you hear in your spirit when you hear in your spirit from the lord from the i may be preaching to you words from god but it is the spirit that takes that word and applies it directly to your heart and when you're alone with god and you give him the time not just quality but quantity time then he's going to take that written word and breathe it into your mind and into your spirit And it will become light and truth and revelation to you. In other words, the word will become flesh in you. And that's when faith will take you places. Will raise you higher than you've ever been. Will cause you to see things that you have not seen before. You will hear things other people are not able to hear. And you will be able to open your mouth and speak that which you have heard in your spirit. And it will come out with authority and power. And we will see miracles, healings and deliverances take place because we've had an encounter with Jesus. Amen. You know, one of the questions that I put to the Lord number of years ago that really bothered me one of the things that bothered me and I couldn't understand why was why would some of us see a harvest of our giving and others continue to give give and give and give and give and give and yet they never receive they never see any harvest any blessing from their giving they know how to give but they have not learned how to receive and i would question the lord and i say lord why would the work work for some people and for others it doesn't work i mean i know them they are givers they are tithers they have a generous heart they know how to give how come they're not receiving the full blessing of the giving and it bothered me and one morning In prayer, as I turned my thoughts to the Lord about the subject I was teaching at that particular time, which was the principle and the power of the seed, I was teaching on the power and principle of the seed, I saw the answer to my question and everything became clear and I want to share it with you. The answer was hidden In one of the verses of scripture from the book of Proverbs. And I want you to turn to that verse with me. It's found in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3 and 4. Proverbs 24, verse 3 and verse 4. This is what it says Through wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. I saw it. I saw it so clear. What was highlighted to my spirit and what I saw were the words knowledge. Notice what it says. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with With all precious and pleasant riches. It's not just by giving. You can give and give and give and never receive anything. If you are not doing it with knowledge, with faith and purpose. What did I say? Where there's knowledge, there's faith. Where there's light, there's faith. Now. I saw why my giving worked for me. It was because it was accompanied by revelation knowledge of God's word concerning this particular subject. (coughs) Let me say this to you (coughs) as a testimony. I was only a few days old in the Lord when I first heard of tithes and offerings. And when I first heard about the tithe, and the offering, I immediately put it into practice without even questioning it. Years have gone by that I first heard again about the principle of first fruits, which I was not aware of. And when I heard the principle of the first fruits, I acted upon that teaching out of sheer obedience. First fruits, tithes, and offerings. But I did not stay there. And this is the secret. Now listen carefully. I did not camp on another man's revelation. And this is where most people stay all their lives. They do it because their pastor the said, They do it because somebody else taught them to do it. But they've never gone into the work to study it for themselves. And receive that revelation knowledge... Which is vitally important for the faith to be activated to receive the harvest. They never go deeper into the teaching. But I took those verses. And I spent literally hours in the word searching the scriptures on the subject. Meditating on them. And studying the subject of financial prosperity. Out of my research... And out of my diligent study on the subject, my mind was renewed and my heart was filled with knowledge. It was not difficult to believe for the return because faith and knowledge entered my heart. Knowledge produced the kind of faith which was needed not only to give, but also to receive the harvest of my giving. Scripture upon scripture, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, I've built the word into my spirit. Jesus said in Mark 4 verse 8, but other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty and some A hundredfold return. The reason it did not work for others, the Lord showed me, was because their giving was not accompanied by revelation knowledge or faith, because they did not take the time that was required to prepare their hearts through the diligent study of the word concerning the subject. And let me say this to you. Although we are not teaching on finances today, this principle applies in every sphere of life. It applies to divine healing and health. It applies to divine protection, divine wisdom, divine guidance, longevity of life. (coughs) It applies in every area of our lives. It's, it's, It's a principle from God's word and it always works. In the natural no farmer will go out to sow his seed on an uncultivated and unprepared field. Am I right? He spends days plowing and cultivating before planting. Why is it that we think it's any different when it comes to spiritual things? Paul said to Timothy, study to show yourself approved unto God, A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. And that's found in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15. If you need a financial harvest. You will have to plant a financial seed. Not only sowing money into the work of God. But also sowing the incorruptible seed of the word of God. Into our hearts will will produce the faith. That is needed to receive your harvest. And the spirit. In giving me the answer to my question. Concluded with these words. And I want to share them with you. He said son. If they do what you did. And they put the hours of study and meditation. Into the giving like you did. And arm themselves with knowledge. It will work for them. Just like it will work for you. Just like it works for you. And as I said, this principle works in every area of our lives and not just finances. So, having said all of that, I want to challenge you today. I want to put that question. Are you satisfied with secondhand knowledge with what somebody else said about God? Or are you going to take what somebody teaches you? For instance, what I'm teaching you and take those words and study them for yourself and search the scriptures diligently until you obtain a revelation that comes direct from the spirit of God. The Bible talks about a group of Christians who were noble. And you know why? It was the Bereans. Why? Because they searched the scriptures in order to confirm. What Paul preached to them was the truth. So many today in the Christian community, they just swallow everything they are taught. They do not bother to go to the scripture themselves and test it and search it and try it and prove it. Once you prove that the word of God works in some area, the devil cannot have the upper hand over your life. You will defeat him at every turn because you've proved and tested that word. The devil can't come and tell me now that, ah, you're just giving. Your giving doesn't work anymore. You're not going to receive your... He can't tell me that because I've proved that word to be the truth and I've experienced it. Amen. Once you take the word of God and apply it to yourself and receive divine revelation concerning divine health and healing and you take it and you beat the enemy and the sickness and disease over the head. He cannot overcome you in that area anymore because you've proven that word to be the truth and you've experienced it because you've heard direct from the spirit of God. That's going to take your faith into another level. And I believe God spoke to us at the beginning of this year that it's time we give our faith wings. We take it into another level where we're going to see the goodness of God and the power of God released and manifested in our everyday lives. Folks, that's all I have to share with you tonight. And I trust you've been blessed and ministered to by what I shared. I don't think I've spoken on this incident before, even though I've referred to it. A number of times that knowledge is the foundation or the fuel of our faith. But I want to encourage you that no matter how busy you are. No matter what you got on your plate. You cannot afford to neglect your time with God. That private time. That intimate time. That fellowship with him. And his word through the spirit. And I like to close with you in prayer. And commit that word to you. And I pray. That that word will bring will bring forth what it's sent to do. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your precious word. Thank you that you did send your word. And you healed us and delivered us from our destructions. Lord, thank you for the incorruptible seed of the word that once it is planted in our hearts and worked with it and looked after it and water it, it will produce. Because your word always works. And we thank you for that precious word tonight. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. And Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.